1: Alicia Del Valle, and the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Bienvenidos, señores y señores. Bienvenidos, sangrones. It is time. The Bleed Lows Podcast. Estamos en vivo en la carne asada. Let's uh, take care of some business here. Uh, this episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Online. It's playoff time. The usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get in all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, Sangrones. Let's see who's joining us on the live here. JR. <laughs> I I think Canelo would like to have a conversation with you. JR coming in with Dodgers should sign Bauer for league minimum with incentives and embrace the true villain role. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, monikers here. I be stroking. That's right. You smash that like
2: button.
1: Uh, James Rodriguez. How are you? Mad lad. We're in here. Simeon. Hi, everyone watching from home, staying warm and dry from the rain. Denny, what's up? What's up, Dadger family? Val Reyes, what's up, Bleedlows family? Okay. All right. We got a lot of excitement here. So let's get right into it. Uh, A lot has happened as Dennis Gonzalez right on cue. Hola, familia. Our hero, Kirsch, is back. Now, I did not keep record of you guys on the live in terms of who wanted Kershaw, who was – already saying we're done with Kershaw turn the page. So I'm not going to sit here and point the finger at any of you guys, but let's start with the worst kept secret in major league baseball. Canelo, you, you, have written about this, the Kershaw deal, your thoughts, sir.
3: Yeah. I, like you said, it, it was kind of the worst kept secret around baseball. You know, it really, when it came down to it, the past couple of years, it's been rumored it's been between the Dodgers and the Rangers I've already said it multiple times on this show that the past couple of weeks. I really didn't think the Rangers are in the situation they were in like last off season where they kind of had their moment to get Kershaw if they really wanted him. Um, and then there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, they're having issues with their TV deal right now. They already have a lot of pitchers that are costing a lot of money that are on the injured list with Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Um, they are coming right off a world series championship but they also did have a couple other holes to fill around their roster as well specifically their bullpen which they haven't really addressed and you know they still got jordan montgomery out there as well who's still a pending a free agent uh, along with a lot of other big names out there um so they kind of have been rumored to retain him instead um i I always thought it was going to come down to the dodgers or kershaw just retiring and from everything we heard kershaw wanted to give it another go. He got the surgery. He posted on his Instagram saying he will be back midsummer. And, you know, I said, you know, it kind of did the deal that I was kind of alluding to that I thought he would sign, which was something that was relative to a two-year contract, which essentially it is a player option for 2025. He's most likely going to pick that up because of, you know, health-related reasons. He's not going to get enough starts to, I think, bring up his value that much. So um, I really think you should look at it as a two-year deal. And I think it's a really good deal. Um, We don't know the like numbers in it, but I assure it's going to be pretty affordable. I assure it's going to probably have incentives that can get the deal up, which is similar to what they've done with like James Paxson and all these other pitchers. Um, but yeah, you know, Dodger legend, we all know the pedigree to Clayton Kershaw. It would have been extremely weird to see him in another team's uniform, especially at this age of his career. So, um, I think it's safe to say that he more than likely will finish his career in Dodgers blue, which is, I think is the best case scenario. And this is the first time. And I think probably his entire career besides like maybe his rookie year where they don't need him to be the guy anymore. And I'll even shoot this guy to to you guys later where say if this rotation that's currently on paper is like, they're all healthy. Everyone's rolling. Does Kershaw even get a start in October at this point? Like, is it a given thing for him or does he have to earn that back?
1: Uh, I'm going to go to you on that one, Alonzo. I I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but before you answer that playoff rotation question, Alonzo, they were, you know Kershaw's Jersey High School uh, jersey got retired and Chris Young was there. So of course that set everyone aflutter with uh-oh, he's getting over to the Rangers. I I think the timing on this is fantastic. He signed right after so he didn't have to go to Dodgers Fest. So he didn't have to go mess with the Chusma. He didn't have to go mingle with these guys and see faces. But uh your your thoughts on Kershaw making the announcement and I think Cody has an excellent point here. I, I mean, right now, there are a lot of numbers in the Dodgers' starting rotation, and if everything goes as planned, where does Kershaw fit here?
0: I uh, I mean, like Cody said, it was the worst-kept secret in baseball. And truthfully, it, it was either going to be Texas or L.A., right? And, and Texas, for Texas, and for the Dodgers, honestly, but obviously different reasons, but in Texas, he was a luxury. They didn't need him... They don't need him. They have other, like Cody alluded to. There's other holes they need to fill. Bullpen is the big one that they still need to fill. Uh Jordan Montgomery's still out there, which by the way, I'm still surprised he hasn't signed anywhere. That's a that's a very, very quiet sleeper pick uh by by anyone. But uh but I'm not overly surprised that he stayed with the Dodgers at the same time, just because he's comfortable with the system. He's a creature of habit. He's, he knows what's to what to expect. I I for one did allude to that they were previously gonna gonna go with the six-man rotation at some point I still believe that's going to happen because it's gonna take the load off of kind of everyone you know you don't you know it'll be load management kind of it won't be in the same way as the NBA where guys just don't go but come playoff time it will be interesting to see what they do because you're gonna go with the hot hand right you're gonna figure out who's who's in a groove who's struggling who's not and then from there I mean if Kershaw's if Kershaw's open to it and we've seen him do it before that's not a bad super reliever option to have kind of coming out of the pen if you need to if you don't want him to throw you know five innings you know but if you have the luxury of hey Yamamoto's going to go five innings today let's keep Kershaw here for this three game series like it's going to be a lot of chess like that right where they're going to look at it to see the matchup game the uh, the old matchup game that I know we all love as Dodger fans so so it's it's but all in all man at the end of the day this is good for Dodger baseball because, in my opinion, Clayton Kershaw is one of those guys that should only be in one uniform and go into Cooperstown wearing one uniform. It, it won't be like the random like Jim Tomey picture you see of him in a Dodger uniform. Like That still doesn't sit right with me because it's Jim Tomey. So, so all in all, I think it's a win
2: overall.
1: Hey, babyface, uh, you're expecting uh, Kershaw's salary to be all deferred, right? the way uh, the ghost of Al Davis just said ghost of Al Davis with the Kershaw's deal is also going to be deferred. How happy are you to see the goat uh, back uh, and signed Babyface?
2: Yeah. I mean, like you guys were alluding to, like, if we knew this was going to get done eventually. Right. And, and then a lot of people are saying it's going to get done right before spring training reports. And guess what guys, Pitchers report tomorrow, Pitchers and catches report tomorrow so it's it's there, right he's gonna what's he's gonna be taking the physical tomorrow, I believe right in in Arizona, so we should hear something either tomorrow or Friday making it official and probably right they're gonna put him on the sixty day i l once they announce that deal put him on the sixty day i l kind of just what everybody had been saying, but yeah, I mean, it's great to to see Kershaw come back, you know, same thing that you guys are saying, one uniform for this guy, right that's it, one uniform it'd be really odd to see him in a Texas Ranger uniform. You know, we alluded to this this with Justin Turner, right? The other day, you know, he was a Dodger pretty much for life, right? I mean, I know he played with the Mets and the Orioles, but you get used to seeing that player in a specific uniform. That's Kershaw, right? It'd be really odd to see him anywhere else. So glad Dodgers got this done and it's ready. I mean, it's time. It's, It's go time now.
1: Now, there was something else that happened here. So Kershaw signs, but before that, uh, fan favorite, uh, Caleb Ferguson got traded. Uh, and I think he got traded because he was a left-hander and the Dodgers just, you know, I, if I'm Alex Vesia, I'd be very nervous right now because obviously, you know, the the splits, the reverse splits are really big on the Dodgers. But Caleb Ferguson got traded uh, for, I guess what you could say, are maybe minor league prospects, even though Matt Gage has service time in the major leagues. Uh, and then they went and they signed Ryan Brazier. Uh, Canelo, I have to say the Ryan Brazier, the, the number surprised me because I thought he would get overpaid, especially with the season that he had last year and ERA under one. I, I thought someone would overpay him. Do you think the contract that he got was was right?
3: Yeah, I I am a hundred percent agreeing with you. I think when we got to the beginning of the offseason, season, we all I think we all kind of thought that he may have just priced himself out of the Dodgers. Not in the sense that they couldn't afford him, but they just didn't want to pay a middle reliever, you know, the amount of money that he p- potentially earned himself with his stint with the Dodgers. So. Um, to only get him for at least minimum $9 million, he can earn up to $13 million with incentives in that deal. Um, I think it is a bargain, um, and especially if he can be anywhere close to the production he put up with L.A. last year. You know, He only gave up three earned runs his entire run in the second half with the Dodgers, and he was a force in the back of that bullpen that allowed, you know, Evan Phillips to just settle in just for the ninth inning. And then you would have Brazier in the seventh, third, eighth, you know, we got the, the Dodgers bullpen is a strength this year. Uh, and in, it is surprising because they were like rumored to be interested in like Josh Hader, Emmanuel Classe. those two things didn't work out. Cause you know, at the end of the day, those were luxuries. And, and Brazier himself is a luxury to have, but I kind of think it was on the same at the same time. I think he probably just wanted to come back to where you know, he felt comfortable where they revitalized kind of his career because if you looked at his stats with the Red Sox last season, they were awful. You know, he had the ERA almost near nine. So um, they changed some things up with his uh, his pitch selection. One of the biggest pitches that they made him throw more was his cutter, and it was a dominant pitch last year. So um, if he just feels comfortable being with the Dodgers and their coaching staff, you know, I I guess maybe he just waited out until they felt like they were prepared to offer him a contract um, so I think it's a win-win for both sides. You know, Brazier gets the gets the multi-year deal, which is what a lot of bullpen arms do want. They want those multi-year deals that way, you know, they can have a job. Um, and then the Dodgers get a a, a really good high upside late inning reliever for a pretty affordable contract. So um, and then Caleb Ferguson, you know, w- we'll touch on that as well. But um, I kind of think he just out stayed his welcome here. Uh, we kind of seen him on a decline since his 2018 season where it seemed like you know could he be a starting pitcher well no let's move into the bullpen he kind of struggled with walking a lot of batters which is like the big no-no when you're a a bullpen arm and I really just don't think the stuff was there you know and sometimes you just gotta move on like if you look at the numbers Caleb Ferguson did have pretty decent numbers a lot of Yankees fans are very excited that they got this guy because they kind of needed somebody To replace Wandy Peralta, who ended up leaving the team. Um, They thought they could have got that with maybe Victor Gonzalez, but Caleb Ferguson, in my opinion, is a little bit better, got a little bit more tenure in the big leagues. Um, But yeah, sometimes you know, just maybe you need a change change of scenery. Maybe the Dodgers looking to switch things up. Um, I do like who they got with um, Matt Gage. You know, he is a journeyman, kind of. He's a little bit older to be considered a prospect. Um, but yeah, he's another left-handed option that the Dodgers could turn to. And the big thing is, is that at least he has options. And that's the one thing about Caleb Ferguson. He was out of team options and he was in his last year of arbitration. So it seems like the Dodgers are kind of doing some roster reconstruction in terms of who has options and who doesn't, because they got rid of, you know, they got rid of Ferguson who was out of options. They got rid of Amante a couple of weeks ago, who was out of options as well. So, um, I kind of like the moves that they made, Um, and I like Brazier coming back, and I like kind of switching it up with moving Ferguson out of the bullpen.
1: Uh, Just a quick update for those of you on the live, and if you're listening later on on the audio format, joining us on the canillada tonight is, of course, you just heard Canelo and Alonzo. La Princesa de Picolandia is, I guess, snowed out and won't be joining us. She's up in Yosemite, and uh, I guess the. Her Wi-Fi. I think she's losing internet connection, so she will not be joining us. But I do want to go ahead and take the time. Today is Happy uh, National Girl and Women in Sports Day, so uh, I was hoping that she would be on, so we could give her her moment. But because in typical fashion, (laughs) fashion with life, of course she's not on. On you know National Girls and Women in Sports Day, Uh, Alonzo Following up on Brazier. And I know you've talked about this with El Monte. And so the Dodgers did something with Brazier and he ended up having that fantastic second half of the season. But if you look at the back of his baseball card, it seems like it's one year he's fantastic. The next year it's like, what happened? Uh, Are there any concerns or is it going to be different for him here in Los Angeles?
0: I think ultimately why this marriage made sense is Ryan Brazier was able to go into that Dodger pitching lab and kind of figure out what works for him. And so, I, you know, I, I know I'm still surprised he didn't sign a multi-year deal somewhere else. It, you know, From the sounds of it, he was kind of just waiting to see what would happen, You know, played it by ear, and this all kind of came about the way that it did. And, I mean, good on him for waiting because it's not a bad deal either for a reliever, um, but also for the Dodgers, if he comes back and is as productive as he was last year after they acquired him, that's a great situation to be in. Because even then, the piece that they got in Matt Gage, I am actually stoked about that. Get that dude in Mark Pryor's lab immediately. Like he's already a lefty killer, kind of like I know it's a sample size, but I mean, when you see the stuff that this dude has, it'll kind of it'll be kind of like a Ryan brazier, you know the the diamond and the rough kind of thing, and it's Friedman doing Friedman things where he's looking for that weird you know piece that no one's really paying attention to, and then you go out and you acquire it to Cody's point, I do think Caleb Ferguson more or less just you know, hey, this just isn't gonna work, you know we tried it ain't working, you're on a decline. The analytics show us this is probably what happened, and that's why that that deal went about the way that it did. But I do think the, I mean, again, to Cody's point, with the reshuffling of kind of pieces with with options, these aren't bad options because if they do call up Matt, you know, Gage, he's got options to keep kind of going up and down for a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, and even then, I think with Vesia, someone pointed it out. Like, is this a, a year to put up or shut up? They have options, so it doesn't really have to necessarily be a put-up or shut-up situation where they can kind of intertwine. So I think, again, it's just freedom in playing chess, finding those pieces to make work so that way it fills out the depth that they need going into the season.
1: Uh, yes, Roy Estrada, I did say Yosemite. One of the things, if you guys haven't cut on, is I like to mispronounce things just for my own entertainment. So it, it I know it's Yosemite but I'd like to say Yosemite. So La Princesa is in Yosemite. She is a regular out there. Uh, so unfortunately she won't be joining us. I mean, you guys are really down on Caleb Ferguson. I'm not as down a, a, as he is. As I told my compadre, who's a Yankees fan, I, I think it is, and Canelo said, I think it's going to be a good pickup for the yeah. Yankees. But But Denny said it also on the live. It's like when he was good, he was good. It's just... When he was bad, he was really bad. And I think that's what people remember. Uh, They remember the games, and especially towards the second half of last year, there were some rough losses. Now, I don't want to sit there and put it all on him because I think he was also put in some rough situations, but he also didn't execute. But I think that's the lasting memory in Dodger fans is those games that he blew um babyface uh do you have the the video that i want to go into with uh ben verlander strikes again uh do you have the video babyface
2: no let me let me queue it up let me grab it real quick
1: okay so for those of you guys on the live if you haven't seen it ben ben verlander gave a reaction to the mookie bets comments uh the mookie comments that i guess pissed off the rest of the world at at Dodger Fest. (laughs) And I know, Canelo, you saw this, and I know you said it too, uh, Alonso. It's like, where is the lie? I myself do not understand what was so inflammatory, what was so controversial about Mookie saying, hey, when teams come in here, it's going to be like their World Series. And I I feel like that's been the case now for the last four years. So for people to go off on Mookie saying that, you know that's a crazy thing to say i don't understand ben verlander had a reaction to that i'm going to have you guys listen watch it and then you guys we can go in on him because i have some thoughts on that uh babyface let me know when you have it but canelo i'm going to go to you right now on those initial comments i know you saw the slander on the timeline for mookie for those comments and you were just like what 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 the hell is going on here
3: yeah, I, I I don't really understand what was wrong about what Mookie said, and you know I retweeted it kind of immediately after someone else, like they, I think they co-tweeted saying or posted a video just saying yikes. And I said, where's the lie though? Where is the lie? So um, I don't see what what the issue was with it, but you know, and with Ben Verlander, you know, he said he wanted to get in the good graces of Dodger fans, and the video we're gonna watch in just a couple <laughs> of seconds, you know, I th- I don't think that's a great start to get off to it, but. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't really th- – I didn't have any issues with with he, with what he said because, you know – and I'll, I'll even kind of go to ask Alonzo about this. You know, like I'm on the East <laughs> Coast. When I see the Dodgers come on their road trips over here, we usually – like those are pretty sold-out games. Like people go to watch the Dodgers not only because of the guys they have on those teams, but because it is the Dodgers. It is a date that people circle on their calendars. I know Phillies fans, they said, oh, Dodgers are coming in. Coming in July, we should all go to, LA. let's go watch it. Those are going to be good games. Will they be necessarily like World Series atmosphere type games? The players may see it that way. You know, let's beat the best team on paper. Um, so that's what I think he means.
2: All right, I got it. Yeah. All right, here we go, guys. It's going to be the other team's
4: World Series. I mean, it is what it is. It's what we signed up for. I really, really like Mookie Beth. This is a ridiculous statement. This isn't a football season where there's 17 games this isn't any other sport it's baseball where there's 162 games so you mean to tell me that the colorado rockies are going to come into town on july 28th and it's going to be a sunday day game at one o'clock actually it's a kid's day so let's 11 11 o'clock start 12 o'clock start it's 95 degrees over at chavez ravine and you mean to tell me that the Rockies are gonna get up for that game because that's their World Series? I just think it's a ridiculous thing to say on top of the fact that you had last year, Dave Roberts guaranteeing a World Series. This is a team that can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. He's just being aware of the situation, right? The Dodgers are officially the villains of Major League Baseball. They are the team that has a target on their back for every single team that is going to play them this season. And that is, I think, the base of what he's trying to say here. People are going to come in. Teams are going to come in. We're going to get their best every single time because... They just had the craziest offseason we've seen in a really long time. He's saying that they are going to get the very best effort from every team that's going to come in and face the Dodgers this season. Yes, it's not going to feel like the World Series every time, but he's just being aware of the situation. And I love that it pissed you off. I am hopeful that the Dodgers are going to get out of the first round this season. I am just like, come on, please, we can do it. One, it it doesn't piss me off. But two, maybe they need 162 World Series games because they haven't played in one in a long time. They can't get out of the first round, Alex. That was, that was, that was.
1: Me. All right, guys. I I know, and, and I can hear it. I mean, Denny, uh, Denny was saying, let's not give Verlander any more time. Uh, Chris Frosaker, I, I, you beat me to it with the Chavez Ravine. I, like, I'm not going to hold that against Ber, Ben Verlander that he can't say Chavez Ravine, right? Uh, the reason why I want to play this is for a couple of uh, reasons, because I feel this is what we need to get used to, because we're going to see a lot of this. This is just straight up hatership, shit. And the issue that I have with it is, and Canelo mentioned it, it's just disingenuous because the guy came out here and I know he thinks he's a show bay, you know, and he came out there the minute the Dodgers signed Shohei, he was like Dodgers, let Dodger fans like make a piece. Look, Ben, you can come on the show and we can talk it out. But at this time, I have to call bullshit. All right. You can't sit here, man. We're from Los Angeles here, man. I mean, we got a lot of us over here on the east side. So we, we don't put up with that. You know, if you don't fucking bullshit us, just don't bullshit us. You know, just sit here and tell us you that you hate the Dodgers. And we'll be cool with that. As long as we know what side you're on. But don't try to soft soap us, all right? Don't try to be like, I'm your friend. and be, Because you're going to get the, the East L.A. salute out here, which is, fuck you, man. That's what you're going to get. Because we've all seen Scarface here. So I, it's disingenuous. I think the part that he, when he brings in, that the, are the Rockies going to treat this as a World Series game? I mean, that's, come on, bro. What you're saying is that these guys aren't trying to win? I think that was disrespectful. Putting in, going after Dave Roberts and saying Dave Roberts guaranteed a World Series. What? What? What do you guys expect from Dave Roberts for him to go out there and say we have no shot? We have no shot of winning the World Series. We're just going to go out there and go through the motions. So that is my issue with Ben Verlander because this, this is stuff where I, I feel he's just doing it to create content. And the problem, and this is why it kills me that Dodger fans get such bad raps about this, right? And it's just like, Dodger fans know baseball. So when you come out here and you're just saying, you're talking out of your ass, it, 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 you know, it's like Cell just said right now. It's the East LA salute, man. That It's the East LA salute. Uh, uh, Alonzo, I want to go to you because I, I, you're, you're about that life more than I am. I just fake the funk, but you are about that life. How close were you to going through the screen to go after Verlander?
0: I mean, it's one of those where it's like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Like, you don't even like, like, you're already disingenuous with how like you were apologizing to Dodger fan, and now, now you're doing this. And it's like, and and the thing that really irked me about this is Mookie was asked the question of the Dodgers embracing the villain role. I know that's the 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 footnote version of the question, and to Alex Curry's point, he's aware. He's just aware that that's just what it's going to be. And I mean, whether we all like it or not, the the eyes of the baseball universe are on the Dodgers because of the offseason they had and also the guys they've gone out and acquired. I mean, that's just what it is. And I like the fact that Mookie is saying it is what it is because they understand what the task at hand is. And like Ben, my guy, like you're invited anytime you want on the show. All I ask is that you don't bring that pussyfoot shit in here. Like, you can't be disingenuous and then expect everyone to take you serious. Like, fuck out of here with that.
1: I I love that the Sagrones have just coined a new term now. So instead of us being vulgar and cussing, I think whenever we disagree with someone or we want to mandar somebody a la verga, I think all we're going to do now is just say, hey, East L.A. salute. East L.A. Saludos de East L.A uh the only reason i
0: didn't go full like throw my way and all that shit is because he wouldn't (laughs) know what i'm saying i mean that's just the truth uh
1: canelo i thought the world series comment was also kind of cheap where it's just like really bro you're gonna go there yeah you're gonna go there with with, they won the world series dude in 2020 you can say whatever you want to say about it everybody had the same chance Joe Kelly even just talked about it at Dodger Fest saying it was the, it was harder than the 2018 world series that he won as a Red Sox. What infuriated you about that? And am I wrong Canelo that we're going to hear a lot of this throughout the year?
3: Yeah, honestly the whole tirade with him ending on the world series that they they haven't played that many games in the world series in a while, neither of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, They've had also had two straight years of first round exits but you don't hear anybody talking about that over here in philadelphia where i, I kind of am close by i hear about it because they joke with the brace fans about it all the time um dodgers are only three years removed from the 2020 world series you know three full seasons wasn't that long ago in terms of the dodgers being the villain and kind of being the the face of whenever a failure pretty much you know anytime anything happens where they don't win at all they're at the face front they are the joke on it probably since 2013 at least my entire time of seriously watching dodgers baseball that has literally been my life so i'm on the east coast if the dodgers lose you know they lose in the first round they lose in the championship series they lose in the world series people come after me they come after me with uh, memes whatever so yeah it's just something that you know the current dodger players they know it they know the situation and i think that's what Bess was alluding to um throughout that entire like fan fest event you know he now he's not saying that it's the world series. He's just saying like how, how um I forget her name from the show, but basically saying that they're going to get the best from all these teams around the league, which you should get especially, and don't take a team. Like you said, Juan, like the Rockies, obviously we know they're not in the best situation in terms of competitiveness, but don't say that they're flat out, not going to try Cause that's a disrespect to the Rockies themselves. That's a disrespect to the MLB product as a whole anyway, if a team's not trying, um, But, yeah, I I definitely have an issue with the World Series comment at the end. I don't know what what Ben Verlander is going to do when L.A. heads to Houston this year. And I think Fox is covering one of those games. And then say that these two teams meet in the World Series again, I don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to love Shohei or is he going to go love back to his brother or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like I said, we have a new segment. Whenever we disagree with someone, I think we're just going to call the segment the East L.A. Salute. And so they know what we really think about them. Uh, I, 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 at this point, I, I want to throw a big, big shout out because I saw Jose Ayala on, on the live here. We got to meet Jose Ayala at, at, um, at Dodger Fest, and it was so great. You know, when you get to you recognize some of these names and I see the same names on here. So but when you actually get to meet them in person, he is the patron saint. He is El Santo uh, of the Bleedlows podcast. So it was so great to see him. And what I loved about it is when we were walking out of the stadium, Jose saw us and the way he greeted us. He was like, hey, Sangron. It it was just it was awesome. It, It was it was so great. Uh, baby face. I want to get your opinion on here because I think of everyone here, I think you're the one that has the strongest dislike for Ben Verlander. Did
2: that clip make you boil your blood boil? I mean, what what I liked about that clip is I think Alex Curry, like really put him in his place and Alex, Alex is welcome in the kind of, of anytime she wants. I mean, she, you know, she told him how it is. I mean, when, when you go to the stadiums, you what do you hear in San Francisco and San Diego now? What, what do you hear? You hear beat L.A., right? You don't hear beat Chicago. You don't hear beat Oakland, right? There's this disdain for the Dodgers, right? And everybody wants to beat the Dodgers. So what Mookie is saying is exactly correct, right? Especially now, every team is going to – they want to win this billion-dollar – they want to beat this billion-dollar team, right? Every time they want to go out there and say, hey, you know what? We can get, we can play with these guys, so we're going to want to beat them. So so what he's saying is absolutely correct. And for what Verlander saying, like, I just wish it would have been Shohei that would have said that. Because then, then what would Ben, ben Van Verlander do, right? What would he do then if Shohei says that, right? So, I mean, you know, you guys just hit it on the head. You know, everything that Ben Verlander said from, oh, when Shohei came to the Dodgers, oh, you know, I want to make amends. I want to be friends with you guys. You know, then he, you know, comes back and does, you know, stuff like this. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. And Michael
1: Negrete, you have a point. Look, no one is saying that. I mean, Michael says Oakland is already beaten like the Rockies. The Rockies actually are projected and we're going to get into Pakoda later on. But the Rockies are projected to to win less games than the Oakland A's. So we all know that the Rockies have already been eliminated. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to go out there to try to beat the Dodgers like to them. It, it would be if they end up beating the Dodgers in a season, in a series, let alone, let's say they sweep a series. You don't think that's going to mean anything to the Colorado Rockies or their fans when they know they have no prospect of going to the playoffs or anything like that. So, look, I get it. His job is to create content. It is. But you just can't have it both ways, uh, in, in my opinion. It, you, you're either Skip Bayless or you're a homer. You know, but you can't go back and forth, uh, you know, between those roles. Uh, I want to segue to something uh, that Max Muncie said, and it was because uh, Babyface and I, and I know, uh, I, I think, uh, Denny, you were also at Dodger Fest. Um, we saw, the Babyface and I saw the, the Shohei experience. And what was fascinating to me was Shohei w- was moving around the stadium and he not only had police alongside him, he had security. He had Dodgers PR. I, I mean, this guy had an army around him and I know Max Muncy. How many people did Max Muncy say Shohei had around him a baby face for security?
2: He said he had something like 30 people around him.
1: I, I don't think he was 30, but it, it, it was definitely up there. But uh, This is, I think, I've always said, I I think the players need to get a little used to this Shohei experience. I have friends who are Angels fans who have told me when the Dodgers signed Shohei, you have no clue what's coming. Uh, Canelo, did you see any of the coverage uh, in terms of like, I, I mean, people were there to see Shohei, but it's like you couldn't get to Shohei.
3: Yeah, I mean, just looking at the coverage, you know, it, it looked very similar when Joe Biden comes in, visits Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, traffic <laughs> up, you know, there's there's Blackhawks in the sky, you know, snipers in their nests, you know. Honestly, I guess it is what the Dodgers signed up for, you know. This is, he's not just a player, like, he's just an icon, whether it's in the Japanese market, the American market, you know. He is the bread and butter Player that the Dodgers—he is the face of the franchise now, and he will be for the next ten seasons. um And you know that just brings—that brings a lot of—it brings a lot of things. You know they need the extra security because of how popular he is. You know they need. There's some crazy people out there. You don't know who's out there, and they're going to protect that one player. Plus, you know how popular he is. So many people are going to want to talk to him, ask for autographs, selfies, all that. But from all indications, Otani is definitely not that guy Otani from what I see he literally just eats sleeps and breathes baseball literally after FanFest that dude took a plane or a car ride straight to Arizona to go start training in baseball all the photos we've seen of just him working out at the stadium kind of secluded from everybody that's just who he is you know he some people just don't have that personality to be that open and I feel like that is who Otani is and because of the player he is he gets that extra security so i am interested to see how other players view it um from what i've read and seen with angels players that he's played with you know i don't think they bashed the guy but they did say it was a bit of an adjustment so um are the dodgers prepared for that i think they're a little bit better suited than the angels were just because they're the los angeles dodgers they're a perennial nl pennant contender world series champion you know they they are one of the be- like most well known franchises around the world so um, I think they'll adjust to it a lot quicker than other teams. So, but it is something to look out for. It could be a storyline. It could not be, it could just be something we're talking about.
1: Uh, I want to address so far, the leader of the, uh, comment of the night so far, Dennis Gonzalez, if Shohei would have said that Ben would have committed Sipiku. Uh, so that, um, that would have been interesting. Uh, Alonzo, uh, Uh, Doom Sal has a very interesting question and Dave Roberts mentioned this a little bit at Dodger fest in terms of what's the batting lineup for the Dodgers. So there was, I, I think he was literally calling out names and getting the fans reaction to, to this. So I think the belief is that it would be Mookie, then Shohei, and then Federico, but, I think there are numbers to support that Federico is better in the two spot. So, what way would you go with the lineup? Who who would be your top three?
0: Mookie, Freddie, Shohei. Like that, that just makes the most sense. And then you protect Shohei with like either Will or Max, kind of on the back end. Uh, and then you know from there, James, Teoscar, Hayward, and Lux is probably the way I would go. Um, as your kind of everyday lineup, quote unquote. I mean, as we know, I mean, will Hayward play every day? I I don't know. I don't think so. But even then, I mean, you have options there, right? So I mean, that's the way I would go in. I mean, truthfully, I mean, the, either way, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't as a pitcher, because you either you got to pitch to two lefties, and you got to kind of figure out which one's doing what, right? Because if Mookie's on, you still have to figure out that chess game. So it's it's a great problem to have. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's the way they went
3: canelo
1: how, how would you go with the lineup
3: yeah i actually when I gave lineup predictions for on like on X and kind of like thinking in my own head of like what I'm gonna what I would do um, I think we talked about before where if you look at the ops and all the advanced numbers between Freeman and otani they both hit significantly better in the two hole but you know there's only one spot so I ended up in my head just putting otani in that spot just because it kind of gives you it gives you freddie freeman more power um but i could definitely see why they want to have freddie freeman in the two hole where he's more of just an all-around hitter that's he also is just a really good hitter too brings a lot of power he's never going to give up the leadoff spot until he's ineligible to even play at that high of a level so i think it's just a foregone conclusion that he gets number one um, and then there, you really can't go wrong with however you order them. Um, so if it's going to be Betts, Freeman, Otani, that makes the most sense. I definitely agree with Alonzo. I assume Will Smith will be the cleanup hitter. Um, and it depends on who's pitching. If it they're going to stack lefties, if it's against the righty, they're going to stack righties. It's a, if it's against the lefties and they want to kind of play that matchup, which that's how the roster is currently built right now. So um, I definitely, you know, the lineup, it's definitely going to be something Dave Roberts is going to have fun playing with this entire this entire season. So, um, yeah, that's what I, I agree with it, but I kind of probably went would have went with Otani at second.
1: Uh, baby face. Oh, your thoughts on this lineup because isn't the adage now in major league baseball, you want your best hitter instead of hitting in the three spot, you want to want them hitting in the two spot because you want him to have as many at bats in a game. So what would, what would the lineup look like for you?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to track down a, a tweet. I saw earlier that kind of, it was the same. It was asking the same thing. And it, and he went, he originally had Mookie, uh, Mookie, Freddie, uh, Shohei, but he looked at like the OPS numbers, and Shohei is significantly, I mean, he's a lot better in the 2 ho at the three. I mean, his numbers are still ridiculous in two or three, but there is a drop from two to three. And in Freeman's case, there is a drop, but it's a lot less. A bit, a bit yeah. Still significantly high. I mean, there's still it's crazy high numbers, but there is a case for Shohei to be in that two spot and then Freeman in the three spot.
3: Yeah, I think I saw something similar to that. It was a tweet a while ago and they kind of talked about that, which is where I I think his OPS Shohei's in the two hole. I think it was almost like a one dot.
0: Yeah.
2: I think compared to a
3: three hole, it was like 800 or eight eighty something like that. So you're not really losing too much production, but you know, The Dodgers are kind of seeing like Shoei is a power bat. So I guess if you want, you want your power bats traditionally, I guess, to be three or four. But Otani's not going to bat fourth because, like you said, Juan, you want those top three guys to get at least four at bats every single game. In the four hole, you know, there's a likelihood that you don't get that opportunity. So at least every given day, these top three guys are going to get four to five at bats, which is what the Dodgers want.
1: Uh, In regards to Dodger Fest, uh, just real quick, because Roy Estrada brought something up. uh, And uh, so Roy says here that uh, MLB Loud Out Radio podcast has a Braves announcer and a Rockies announcer hosting the show. And every chance they get, they hate on the Dodgers. Braves announcer brought up that the Braves had 80,000 sign up for their fan fest. The Dodgers, by all reports, had 35,000. And look, I don't know if actually 35,000 showed up, but when we were there, when Babyface, when you left the stadium, did you have a hard time getting out? I It took me a lot longer to get out of the stadium than last year's fan fest.
2: Yeah. It felt like I was, li- I was leaving after a game and I'd stuck around for whatever, 30 minutes. And it still took me, I think like 30, 40 minutes to get out from Dodger stadium. So, you know, those of you that go to games, you know, it's tough to get out when everybody's trying to get out. That's the same situation I was in on, on Saturday trying to get out of the stadium.
1: Uh, what were your overall
2: thoughts on Dodger Fest, Babyface? Yeah, I mean i I mean we were in the we were in the bullpen with with the media, so we didn't get to go out into the crowd. So I, I did want to go out to kind of see what it looked like. You know, they sold thirty five thousand tickets. So I wanted to see if if it looked full on the field. Um. I mean, but from, you know, this this year was a little different setup. You know, last year was, we were in the right field, this year we were in the left field. Um, and as far as back there, you know, the media just came in. I mean, the, all the players came in and out. Uh, I thought it went pretty smooth. I mean, there was, you know, some stuff going on when, with all the media started crushing when when kind of before Otani came in. But I mean, I, I think overall, um, it seems like there was a success. Everybody that went seems like they had a good time um, and it was pretty successful.
1: Uh, look, we're not going to talk about the media on media crime that took place at Dodger Fest because I, I don't think the guys on the live are interested in all of that. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Uh, a very good point that Denny brings up, and that is the Dodgers limited tickets to Dodger Fest. So they only sold thirty five thousand because that's how many they wanted. So if they didn't put a limit, who knows how many people would have shown up to that thing? Uh but Denny had a good time at Dodger Fest. Uh, I'd be stroking. I, I was curious about you said FanFest food prices were no joke. We were stuck in the bullpen the whole the whole day, so we didn't get to to perambulate and check things out. But I am curious: were the prices regular game day prices, or did they raise the the prices on on all the concessions? Because I I did I know I saw a bunch of people with bobbleheads. They had signed, and I know part of it was because they were fan experiences. Um, but I am curious about what the concessions were like. That uh, Dennis, the the media on media crime, I'm going to save that for uh, for when I write my book. Uh, but so not only was there Dodger Fest, but then uh, Babyface and I went to the Mookie Betts uh, bowling event. I went to the Chris Taylor Polar Plunge. And one thing I will say about those experiences Tyler Glass now is huge. And not only did I, I was surprised by the fact that he had a 36 pack, but I was not aware that he is literally a beanstalk. He is like the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. And the hair is very intimidating. Uh, it is extremely intimidating because that guy is a walking head and shoulders commercial. Uh, but the thing that I picked up from those two events primarily, and this was talked about la- a lot last year was how much these players liked each other, how much they liked spending time with each other. I felt like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Babyface face, Glass now seemed very comfortable uh, around those guys. All these guys, as we were talking to them, we're so genuine and like Blake trying, I was amazed at how long Blake trying talked to us. Like I always had this impression that Blake trying and was a red ass and he just didn't want to deal with the media. But I, I, I feel like like I talked to him the most when I saw him at the polar plunge, he was talking because they could interact with fans. He was taking pictures with fans and it was, it was great because this is probably going to be the only time of year that the fans are going to be able to be this close to the players. So I, I do want to give the Dodgers uh kudos for that, for making the players uh accessible. But are you were you surprised by the candor baby face? Like Gavin Lux, I, I feel like I feel like Gavin Lux was telling us stuff that is like, bro, should you really be, be telling us this? But it's like I feel like Gavin Lux just didn't give two shits
2: yeah and i feel those those events are like completely different right because fan fest was they're out there you know you know they're they have to talk to the media kind of and kind of they're getting asked about like hey the season what's going on what happened still even answering questions what happened last year right what's happening going forward right that's kind of that vibe right at the stadium right so then now the 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 bowling event it was a lot more casual right you know we're asking them questions right just just conversation questions, right? We we're asking them the, the if they want if they were a villain, who would they be? Kind of just to kind of open them up and kind of just be loose with them. And they were all, like you said, they were all really cool. Just they talk to you, and I I think they're they're very loose at these events. And one one thing that I love seeing is Dave Roberts was at all these events, right? So you know you have your manager there with your with his boys, right? With his guys, right there, like being a part of it. I, I mean I think. I saw I think it was Ned Colletti that tweeted out that was such, especially the, the Taylor event, such a team building event, like to have all those guys come out on a Sunday morning and jump into 55 degree water, you know, degree water. Right. So such a team um, chemistry building event. So I, th- I thought it was really great.
1: And, and, and about that, they were all right in front of the ocean, ready to jump in. And they refused to jump in because Mookie wasn't there yet. Mookie was running late. So the minute Mookie shows up and they see Mookie freaking Bobby Miller and Bruce Dark grad could not wait to jump into that water. And then it all hell broke loose. But I, I thought that was so surprising that they were literally and Dave Roberts led it. And, and you're right. Dave Roberts was at the Mookie bets event. Dave Roberts was there at the Chris Taylor event. You could see why he's a player's manager. Um, so it, it, I, I think it was really great to see all of that. And then the uh, the last thing I just want to put out for you guys, what I learned this weekend. Actually, there were two things that I learned this weekend. One is Babyface and I got to talk to Pedro Guerrero. So, uh, Canelo, I don't know if you were aware of this. I saw. Uh, but I, saw. <laughs> I, I talked to Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller and I talked about Pedro Guerrero. And then at the Mookie Bets event, there was someone there that got Pedro Guerrero on FaceTime and Babyface and I got to talk to him. So that was fantastic. I wanted to share that with you. And then uh, I found out that friend of the of Sada, uh James Outman is part of the Stalloneers Club with me. So it was, it was fantastic. And I can't wait next time I talk to James to see if he saw Cobra because uh, Cobra is an underrated Stallone movie. Uh, I, I, I'll die on the hill on that one. Um, so, hey, we got a super chat here. From El Santo, the patron saint of the Dodgers uh, of the Bleed Lows podcast, Jose Ayala. Guys, I work in Delano, and the hate for the Dodgers up here is unbelievable. First place I work, and where you can't even wear a Dodger hat. Saludos, sangrones. Saludos, Jose. Um, yeah, look, we we just got to get used to it, and all the fans, I think, love it. They're totally embracing it. But if you guys want to see the the fan fest coverage. The, the coverage from the Mookie Betts event, the coverage from uh, the Polar Plunge with Chris Taylor, that's all available on our YouTube. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube and, and check that out. I, I want to segue to the Pocota projections because I know this makes uh, Canelo very, very happy being able to to nerd out about numbers. Uh, can you give us an update on these Pagoda uh, projections?
3: Yeah, uh, if no one, it's probably the most popular projection out there in terms of, you know, baseball. Um, it, they always release their yearly projections, and those actually change throughout the course of the season. So, and it's based off team performance and then individual player performance. So, throughout the season, you'll see them give mid-updates. You can go on the website live kind of checks it each day it could change. Um, but, yeah, so they released it for their preseason spring training. You know, it does start this at the end of this week for the Dodgers. So um, it's getting real, guys. So 2024 is coming up now. And the Dodgers, I wrote an article today on Dodgers Beat, if you guys want to go check that out. Um, and the Dodgers are projected for to win over 100 games, which for projections like these, they're usually pretty rough when it, ter- it comes to, you know, the win models. So usually a good season in these projections would be anywhere from like 95 to like 97 wins. So to get over a hundred, that means the talent that's on those teams is good. And to put it in perspective, if you look at the rest of the list, which I also put in the article, um, they're the only teams that projected to win, I believe over like 95 games. Uh, the, the next team is the New York Yankees. Every other team is below 90 with around 80 to 85 wins um, for the competitive teams and um, they're projected to run away with the NL West again. You know They did w- run away with it last year when it was on their B squad, I guess, which is probably why with the offseason that they had this this year, that they're probably projected to be just as good, a little bit better than the Atlanta Braves. Um, unfortunately, they aren't projected as the World Series favorites in that model. Um, they're narrowly edged out by the Atlanta Braves, who have a couple ticks above them. Not too sure why, because the Picota projections has the Dodgers' scoring more runs, um, more wins and pitching kind of even out right across the board. But I think it's safe to say that it's definitely a two team race in the national league. Like it has been the past couple of years. It's just that, that the Braves and the Dodgers haven't figured out the first round of the new playoff format. So um, hopefully things change this year, but you never know what you're going to see, but it's always interesting to see what Pocota predicts um prior to the season because um, interesting enough, I look back at the previous couple of years and the Dodgers actually exceeded, uh, the projections five years in a row. Um, and that's on their current streak of winning over a hundred games every single season besides the
2: 2020 year. And I just Break put it. that up from, from, from Roy. I'm uh, thank uh, Roy. I mean, thank you. You just paid one salary for the night. So I appreciate that. Breaking news, another super chat from Roy Estrada. Wow, I think that's like the biggest super
1: chat we've ever gotten. Roy, bless your heart, man. Thank you very much. Dodgers World Series in 24, embrace the hate, and Ben <laughs> Islo salute. There you go, Roy. Roy gets it. We're making it happen. Uh, I want to read in some of these other comments. Mr. Seabed, I hate the movie Cobra. My high school ex dumped me after seeing Cobra. It's a scar that I cannot remove. I'm so sorry, Mr. Seabed. I was just so unaware that I triggered you with Cobra. I think Cobra is just a ridiculous movie. It is gratuitously violent. Uh, but it, that was a movie that was on HBO all the time. And I'm a Stalloner, man. I'm part of the Stalloner club. Uh, De- Dennis Gonzalez Cobra is basically what Beverly Hills Cop was going to be when Stallone was signed to that movie. Dennis Gonzalez is a movie guy. Because he's absolutely right. That is what Cobra was supposed to be. It was supposed to, because Stallone was supposed to be in Beverly Hills Cop. It was offered to him first, and then Eddie Murphy got it. So Dennis, you get a point for that, my friend. Uh, let's, uh, uh, before Sandra, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to save your question for for later. I want to go back to this Pocota thing with Alonzo. Alonzo, the, the, the crazy thing about Pocota is that it's usually pretty accurate. And, and spot on. So, I mean, if this team ends up just, I hate to say this, just winning 100 games, is that going to be looked at as a disappointment? Because they're a super team, right?
0: I mean, I was told there was no math involved. So here we are talking numbers. Cody's overly scintillated over there, and I don't know how I feel about it. But uh, I will say last year, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, Pocota had the Dodgers winning like 96 or 97 games.
3: Yeah. They actually gave a lot more wins than a lot of people thought. Cause when I was on here last year for right around spring training, you know, every uh, everywhere was picking the Padres to win the division and the Dodgers to barely even win like 85, 88 games. And Pocota actually had them projected 96. Um, and then they ended up exceeding that winning a hundred games, even last year. So um, that goes along with them just five years in a row. They've, been over the the projections. Um, they actually were projected one year to win over the hundred game mark as well. Similar to this year, and that was twenty twenty two, and they ended up winning one hundred and eleven games that year. So blew past that number.
0: I think. So the thing that's that it's always intrigued me about Pachota is they're with usually within a few games, whether it's you know to the to the losses or to the wins. I, I mean, I think if there is any team that we can ever just say hey they're gonna win a hundred games, it's the Dodgers. Like this roster, assuming everyone stays healthy, knock on wood. You know, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I could see them winning hundred games. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they won ninety-five. You know, if they won somewhere in there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won hundred and five. I mean, that's that just kind of tells you how good this team is going to be and how sky high the uh, the expectations are. Uh, I do have to give my annual shout out to uh, and condolences to the Colorado Rockies for not making the playoffs in 2024. Brian Kilpatrick, Brian Spielberg's, uh eat my shorts. I'm sorry that you will not be in the postseason. But, um, I mean, it, it would be really hard. For I mean, I, I mean, I don't know the, the formula, if I'll be honest with you. I mean, if anyone knows me, I hate sabermetrics, so I don't know the formula that goes into it. But, I mean, I think these are all pretty spot on. Uh, the one thing I will say, if the Braves are as good as they're projected to be, And if the Dodgers and the Braves meet up in the postseason, that's going to be a banger. Super stoked on that. But outside of that, it could go either way. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they won 105 or 95 or anything in between.
1: I do want to, by the way, my favorite part of the season, I think, is when the Dodgers play the Rockies and we have Brian on the show. I love listening to Brian because he's a Rockies fan and all he does is shit on the Rockies and especially their owner. And it is just a fantastic comedy routine that I look forward to every year. So I can't wait until we get Brian back on.
0: And by the Uh, way, over the last 48 hours, we have an interview coming next week, but over the last 48 hours, the Rockies have caught so many strays in our group. And I feel so bad for those fans, but they've done it to themselves. You poor bastards, you Rocky fans.
1: So I think that's a first. I think the, the nominee for the Danny Duffy award in this episode is the Colorado Rockies. So that that might be a first. But uh, Michael Negrete, Juan wants Glasnow's hair. Damn right I do, sir. I got lost in his blue eyes. It was like I was looking at Paul Newman. And when I talked to him at the Mookie Betts event, I did ask him about the Killian Murphy uh, resemblance. Uh, so I I had the balls to call him Oppenheimer to his face. So there you go, and, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, that's how you and say
2: some, his name? It's not Cillian, it's
0: Killian.
1: It's Killian. It's the it's Irish. Man. The it's Irish man. man. Go figure them.
2: And someone someone on our YouTube chat, they had they told us that we enhanced his blue eyes in that video. Uh, <laughs> at, at the no, those are his eyes. Those are his blue eyes.
0: Make dreamy eyes. They're just dreamy on their own. Get lost in them.
1: Yeah, for for sure. I want to welcome Akira Sano. On the live. Hey, Dodgers, I'm watching from Japan. Hola, amigos. I appreciate the attempt to, to the Española, Kira. Welcome. Uh, hope you join us from this point on. All right, let, let's go to Sandra's question real quick. Uh, Sandra, uh, Alicia's not on because she's been snowed out in Yosemite and she doesn't have uh, Internet access, so she could not join us. But, Sandra, uh, I'll, I'll send to my uh, – uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell her you said hi. Uh So, Sandra's question here is uh, about the bobbleheads and the prices. What do you guys think of the prices, Otani's bobblehead night? I I saw a lot of people complaining because, uh, babyface, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the cheapest ticket for that night is $98. Is that correct? And that's not even counting fees, right? Yeah, it's in the 90s, high 90s. Look, when we were down in in Monterey Park and we were talking to the fans, it seemed like none of the fans were upset about the prices. They were willing to pay whatever it cost. They knew that the Micheladas were going to be expensive. I I think they're saying that now. But if this team doesn't win the World Series, I I think people are going to bitch and moan. Uh, Sandra says those ticket prices are for the reserve. Uh, So those of you in the chat, I mean, you let us know what you think about it, uh, uh, Alonso, I mean, you pay. I mean, this is capitalism, right? I mean, we, we can't complain, right?
0: No, I mean, and also, I mean, they're going to have to pay the guy $700 million. It's a business decision, right? So supply and demand, it's a part of the deal. I mean, again, I the Otani effect isn't just – you know, the target on the team. It's also, you know, the, the cash registers recouping the revenue. So I mean, that's a part of the deal. So I'm not overly surprised. That's what it is. Is it an Otani tax? I think we can call it that. But at the same time, let's be real here and bring it down to reality. What did we expect was going to happen?
1: yeah yeah i mean you're absolutely right canelo do you i i know you're on the east coast and what do you care because you're going to pay like washington nationals prices to go see the dodgers so you this doesn't phase you at all right yeah
3: no i mean when i went to la last year for opening week um i attributed to the otani fund you know me and my friends you know those 30 dollar margaritas they weren't cheap when 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 we were down on them they my friends are (laughs) phillies fans they said hey this is for the Otani fund. And I said exactly. So get some more beers, get some nachos, get the Dodger dogs. Let's go back to our seats. Um, so yeah, I mean it's in terms of like baseball is unique just because they make so much money off of food more than any other sport, and especially alcohol. Like these, comp- like these brewing companies, like Budweiser, all of them, they are making they make a killing at these at these baseball games. I think it's actually a I think it's a standard rate for those beer prices across the league because I think in LA like it's a little bit more with the taxes but it was very similar to like Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia where I'm like paying like 16 18 bucks for a premium can so um it's expensive but if you're a Dodgers fan you're gonna go you're gonna pay the prices because at least they're putting a good product on the field if it's the Oakland A's that are doing this that's why they don't that's why they have attendance issues so it's it's a thing you kind of have to you know, weigh your decisions on. And, you know, Alicia brought up as well. They raise the prices every year. Inflation increases every year. It's just the period of time in American history that we're in right now. So um, if the $20 beer is worth the world series championship, in my mind, I'm doing it. Or you can just free game. Like
1: I do. Uh, Michael, you, I, I don't think you got the news. I don't know if you were on the last live, but we, we have a Danny Duffy award. And that award is for the person who catches the most strays. Uh, on, on the show because Danny Duffy catches the most strays uh, on the Dodgers. So that's why we have a Danny Duffy mention. It's the Danny Duffy Award. Um, a couple of you guys have brought this up, so I don't know how much you guys want to go into this, but I, I know Canelo saw it. I don't know if you saw it, Alonzo. But Trevor Bauer really seems to be uh, – am I wrong saying it's desperate, Canelo?
3: Yeah. You know, all fair. I shot you the screenshot I had and look, I'm fine with Trevor Bauer. I know the stuff, the baggage that he brings. I still, I'm still following him on social media. I still occasionally watch his YouTube stuff because I think at the core, Trevor Bauer is a very smart baseball player in terms of like baseball. I think he he knows the game. He knows how to pitch. He does a really good job with kind of coaching a lot of players throughout the league. A lot of people take advantage of the stuff that of his little, you know, like training area that he uses. You know, if you look in any of his his vlogs with the other guys that he's playing with, you know, there's a lot of foreign players and current players that are working with him. So obviously they don't have a mind, but you got to think of it as a business. Obviously. He put on X today saying that no team even gave him an offer. He said all he's looking for is major league minimum with incentives. Even if it's just major league minimum, he'll take it. I think it when he put all this on social media, I think it does look a little desperate. And I said, you know, shouldn't Rachel Luba be doing this? Like shouldn't his agent be like kind of putting his name out there to these clubs and if that's the case where he's not getting offers, maybe it's his agent's problem. Like that's that's her job. That's what she should be doing. You've kind of seen over the past couple of weeks, I would say even months now, where he's kind of going on an I won't say an apology tour, but he's going on a tour, kind of trying to clear his name, get his name out there, talk about his story. Um, but, you know, I think at the core, you know, most teams just aren't going to take a risk on it. And especially, you know, it's not like he's a pitcher like that's under 30, like he's in his 30s and teams aren't going to commit years or even money along with the baggage, because even if you return to L.A., you're going to alienate like a quarter or a, or a third of the fan base just right off the bat just by signing him. And obviously a team like the Dodgers, they see the potential earnings from this season, even though they spent like a billion dollars on a handful of players. Um, they're just not going to take that risk. And do I think he should get a second shot? I do, just because I think from everything that we've seen, it looks like he could have just been mischaracterized a little bit. But You look at him before, you know, the things that he's done on the field, off the field. I don't think it's a risk most teams will take anymore. So, you know, he can keep trying to get a shot at the MLB. I just don't think it's going to happen this year.
1: Damn it. Ring the bell. Chris Frosaker, he knows what happens. If you make a wrestling comment, it will be read on this show. Chris Frosaker, Shohei Otani, the styling, profiling, limousine rioting, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun. That's right. We pay our respect to the great Rick Flair. Uh Alonzo, I go to you. Did, did you see the tweet by any chance of Bauer?
0: I did. I real quick. Cody, do you know who Rick Flair is? I just want to make sure that we're not. Do you know like... who Rick Flair is? Okay, I do know okay. who Rick Flair just, is. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Um <laughs> No, I did see it. And real quick, by the way, my favorite comment of the night so far uh, is from Mr. Seabed. Uh, reminder: I don't have my glasses on, so if I butcher this, I apologize. Bauer would be a cancer to the Dodgers clubhouse. Let him go to San Diego, <laughs> like that. Uh, Mr. Seabed, the compassion of you, my friend. I, I mean, listen, I, I agree with Cody. I think, as from from the the perspective of an agent, if Rachel Luba hasn't done her job and and again i i don't know the behind the scenes right i assume the for me i assume the reason he's tweeting this or xing it or whatever you want to call it um is because he literally has exhausted all the you know kind of the lines of communication and he's trying to get something out there for someone to bite and i mean i'm all for second chances and all that stuff but it's one of those two where if You know, this is a business, right? And sometimes you have to make a business decision, whether it's risk adverse or, you know, whatever, however you want to categorize it, right? When it comes to the funds, a lot of what teams aren't going to be willing to take a a waiver on him because, yeah, he might be doing this apology tour, but he's also kind of a wild card. You know, if if he goes sideways, he might go on YouTube and bash whoever the hell on the team, right? I'm not saying that's what he's going to do, but he, you know, the, the reputation precedes itself. And so you kind of have to take that for what it is at face value. Do I hope he gets another opportunity? Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I think everyone should get a second chance if they're able to clear their nave and all that jazz. But, you know, with that said, it doesn't necessarily seem like a lot of clubhouses would be willing to want to incorporate that element into their clubhouse, especially a clubhouse like the Dodgers, because we kind of know what happened when they moved on from it, right? And so it wouldn't make a lot of sense there, even if it is cheap and again he's 33 so he's not a guy that's like 29 28 years old where it's like okay you know you, were, you were, we were all idiots once when we were 29 28 we're all still idiots now but no it, it, at least for me the risk is the risk free sure to a certain degree it doesn't make a lot of sense for a brand to to take that risk on if if they don't want to i hope he finds a job somewhere i just don't think it's going to be a major league baseball this year
1: Uh, I want to address Mad Lad's comment when he says Sasaki wearing the Padres gear. I think you should listen or watch our next episode, Mad Lad. We have some Sasaki news in that episode that may be very encouraging to Dodger fans. Uh, that's That's a preview of our next episode. Our guest is the one who is giving us that information uh, so make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast and watch that episode. Uh, I do want to get uh, some, uh, some of your guys' thoughts. Uh, I want to start with you on this one, Babyface, because you brought it up. It seems like w- we saw all those people working out at Dodger stadium. James Outman told me, uh, told us that there was already a group working out in Arizona. Uh, uh, Canelo mentioned it like the day after Dodgers fest, Shohei Otani was already in Arizona. We saw a video earlier in the week. Yamamoto's already there. Um, all these guys seem to be showing up earlier than they need to for spring training. And I, I, Babyface brought up an interesting point. Is this just the excitement? They can't wait for the season to start. And if you haven't shown up in Arizona yet, does that make you look bad? Because all the players told us this weekend that all the events that they were doing, the community tour that the Dodgers did, Dodgers Fest, Mookie's event, Chris Taylor's event, that 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 was kind of just the beginning of their spring training, them getting together, and that they were all going to Arizona. So it seemed like they were going to Arizona as a group. So Babyface, do you think it looks bad if you're one of those Dodger players and you're not already in Arizona?
2: Yeah, because we have... Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow, right? And then position players, it's, you know, this is mainly for the position players that report, like, what, four or five days later, right? But we're already we seeing, like, Hayward's there, you know, Altman's there, um, Muncy's there. Um, I saw Chris Taylor was on his way today. So, I mean, yeah, it seems like everybody's going to be initially probably there. But then I also get it, too. Like, this is their vacation, right? Like, when you're in a job and you take your vacation, right, it's your off time, right? And then you, you take it, okay, I'm I'm off until this time, like, are there guys that are going to be like, you know what? I'm off until next week. That's when I'll show up. That's when I'm supposed to be there. Like, are any of those guys going to get slack if they don't show up, like, this weekend? Alonso,
1: you've been in clubhouses. I mean, you know this. I mean, is it wrong to have the Shaq mentality? I got hurt on company time. I'm going to heal on company time.
0: Well, I so I think to your original question, if it's going to look bad if they show up late or not, everyone kind of knows when you're going to show up, you know, and, and the, the thing that matters the most is when you're there, you're working. That's the most important thing. You're not being, you know, the guy that's distracting. You're not being the, you know, the, the problem like everyone there is working. I think this year for the Dodgers, at least this clubhouse is already very professional. You know, we don't really have to worry about this clubhouse as a whole. I think this year is an outlier year because there's a lot of excitement, you know, cause Shohei's there. Yamamoto's there. You know, they went out and got to Oscar Hernandez, and they've added these other pieces. So everyone's clearly excited. And now it's to the point of, hey, we've talked about this a bunch. Let's get there now. And as James Outman talked about it, you know, it seems even in the group text, it all seems like everyone's, you know, a little more engaging ahead of the season than usual. Because like like Babyface said, it is vacation. You want to take that time away because baseball is a grind. It's a very long grind. It's a marathon. And so I think this year, again, is an outlier year. But I do think just seeing the interactions of the team, not only do I think they're very united, I think they're very hungry. And I, that's why I think all in all, this is just going to be a super exciting season of baseball.
1: Canelo, come on in on this.
3: Yeah, I agree with Alonzo. I think as long as – I don't think it matters if they're there early as long as they're there on time and then the time that they're there that they're putting in the, the 110% effort to – you know, for the season and to get ready because we all know what's at stake right now. You know, we've went through back-to-back postseason losses in the first round. Obviously, after the moves they made this offseason, it is World Series or bus mode for this team. So you need everybody in with the same mindset from day one at camp. Um, personally, I also agree with Alonzo. I think this year should be an outlier year where I think all these guys should be there earlier. Um, I think they should be earlier to just – you know, based off the excitement, I think they should be there earlier to get ready for, you know, everything, kind of get positions set, roles set, talk to the team, a lot of new faces. So you want to get, you know, I'm glad that they did these events a little bit before camps broke out. That way they can all at least talk to each other a little bit. We know they talk to each other over the phone, but it's a lot different, you know, when you get to finally meet someone face to face. Um I think that's big, you know, someone that's played sports all his life, you know especially competitively in high school and like it's you want everybody to have the same mentality going in when the season starts you know a lot of the people they start working out in like january february getting ready for that season and then you go into it right there so um i think from everything i've seen on social media though it looks like 100 percent that everybody on that team is ready to finally get this season off to like starting because you know we've seen gavin lux working out we've seen bobby miller working out we've seen Walker Bueller out there, obviously Otani probably lives at the stadium. So everybody else, we're going to start seeing everything on social media, posting on Arizona. Like Roger said, I've already seen a couple players post on their, on their social media accounts as well, saying that they're pretty much heading there. And that that gets me as a fan excited because that's, at the end of the day, that's the people that are going to judge the things they see because they're not in the clubhouse. They're going to judge the things that they see. And if they don't see a player, there early, I guess they could come off a type of way, but um, I think it's a good time to, like, you know, like Alonzo said, outlier year. Well,
0: and the other thing I'll add to it, I've said it before on this show, Shoei Sh- Sh- Otani is is the Babe Ruth of Japan, right? I mean, that guy that we, that we did the interview with says that a few times. The, the, the only other dude that I can think of that, that we can all kind of correlate to what Otani is, is Leo Messi. Not just, like, image-wise and, and all that, work-wise. Those are guys that you're just not going to outwork, and I and I'm really curious. And Yamamoto too, like Yamamoto's a hardworking dude, but he's also got a unique way of working. So I'm really curious to see how that rubs off on these guys, because like you said, I mean, Shohei Otani is not only an outlier, a unicorn, all those adjectives that you want to put on him, but the, no one outworks him. The one thing everyone's always said is that dude works the hardest of anyone, and so that in itself, I'm sure is going to like some of these guys are going to get there. Like, oh. I thought I worked hard. Damn, like Shohei works even harder than me. And that, that just sets the tone for the clubhouse. So that's, honestly, that's what I'm excited to see because I think they've all bought in. I think we can all agree they know what the, the situation is. We got to win or bust. That's, that's just where it's at. But that's, you know, kind of 10% of the thing because you have all these other things you got to do. And the first one is get through spring training healthy, but also put in the work to kind of, you know, have it all, all the pieces get together. I am stoked to see that especially with these guys that went out and got, including your boy Glassnell, Juan.
1: Uh Last one on the way out here, guys. Uh, the, this, this rumor talk about uh, the Major League Baseball players maybe playing in the Olympics. Uh, uh, Babyface, do you have the, the graphic on, on that? Uh, right now, I, I, I'm not crazy about the idea, and the reason I'll tell you guys right now is I'm much more invested in the World Baseball Classic than I am in the Olympics. And I think that's the same thing. And Alonso, you could probably speak better to this than me, but I I feel like, you know, they play football in the Olympics and I don't feel like anybody cares uh, about that. Like, it's all about the World Cup. Now, if you're going to send amateurs, you're going to send the young kids, the the, you know minor leaguers, yeah, by all means. But I, I don't think we should be sending major league players to, to the Olympics, uh, especially since we don't even know if baseball, I know baseball is going to be in the next Olympics, but after that, we don't know when it's going to show up. So here's the graphic up there. For those of you listening on the audio, I'm just going to read it out. The uh, major league baseball players could play in the 2028 Olympics. It would be six or eight nations, five or a six day tournament in mid July. The major league baseball all-star game could be held or canceled for a year reduce the regular season to roughly 158 games. And those are the proposed ideas. Then the process is the players association open to hearing any formal proposals. Olympic committees could assist with player insurance. Any plan requires approval of the players union. I right now I'm telling you with these proposed ideas, losing the all-star game. I I don't think that's good uh, for major league baseball. Uh Canelo, I throw to you.
3: I'm gonna completely disagree with you and everything basically about this. When I saw Roger mention it to me, um, I think at the end of the day, winning a medal in the Olympics is way bigger, like of an impact than it is in the WBC. And I think more people know the Olympics more than the, the World Baseball Classic, which we saw how popular the World Baseball Classic was this year Get baseball. I, I'm 100 percent sure that baseball will be in the 2028 Summer Olympics just because they kind of tend to go off of like the sports in like that region. And obviously, I think that's going to be their big showcase is like, hey, let's get baseball going in here. Um, the big thing is, is I 100 percent know they're not going to do 150 game 58 games. They're not going to shorten the season. We talked about that last time. Um, so the players union will probably shoot that down. The owners you know they probably want more games so that they can get you know more revenue from everything else at the stadiums um i don't know how you would go about it i think the best way of say if they did approve it and you still do 162 games maybe do the week of all-star week um basically make it from sunday to sunday like get a whole full seven day period of days off that's the only way it can really work because it's really only like a four to five day break realistically. Um in terms of like if if the Olympics are played that year and then they have to negate the All-Star game, I don't really care because I don't really watch the All-Star Game too much. Um I'll watch the home run derby. The All-Star game is kind of it's the last All-Star game that kind of means something, I guess. Um, but if it's gonna be replaced, say, every four or eight years with baseball in the Olympics, I would say that's better. Um but the MLB, they may want their all-star game. Like that's a big money making opportunity for them to sell those tickets and everything um and then it just if it's in the middle of the season are teams and players going to commit to like playing like i think a lot of people committed to the wbc this past year just because one it was during or prior to spring training like you're you're still getting warmed up and everything where Maybe say if you like Altuve, he you know, he injured his hand and was, you know, he missed a significant amount of time of the first half of the year, was able to come back in the second half. But say if something like that happens to Mookie Betts in July, well, he may be out for the rest of the season if that happens. So I don't think teams will let those players go. Um, so I don't think it'll ever work if you do it in the middle of the season.
1: Alonzo. Uh... Can you tell me, is Canelo just an ugly American or is he a xenophobe (laughs) with his strong dislike for the World Baseball Classic and saying nobody cares, nobody even knows what it is?
0: A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, if we're being completely honest. Uh, So I think, I I agree with Cinnamon. No way that they shorten the season. No chance in hell, uh, in the immortal words of Vince McMahon, poorly timed. Um, I think... The MLB All Star thing. Uh, the reason I think that they would be okay to hold it is because the Olympics are in LA. That's the only reason I think they'd be willing to be like, okay, we'll let this one go, because they're clearly going to do it at Dodger Stadium, and they'll probably do it down in your in your uh, parking lot cesspool down there in Anaheim, Kwan, uh, where where they'll have the t- the, the two stadiums kind of do that, um, and I and I think. The I think it would be good for baseball because the caveat with like with world football is obviously in the summer they're off like in Europe, you know, the the major leagues, whereas here baseball isn't, you know, the dog days of summer. And so I think um, I think they would be willing to make the exception for this. And if it goes to plan, it wouldn't surprise me if they kept it for, you know, Olympiad uh, in the future. But I think the reason that this is kind of coming to a head now is if the Olympics weren't in L.A., I don't think they'd even be looking at it. I mean, I straight up think that's just the the reality. I do think it's a good idea to incorporate 40 man roster guys, but I think what they should seriously look at is if that's the route they're gonna go and there's gonna be a bunch of opposition, just do the minor league baseball all-stars. Like those guys that kind of are in that in that uh category. Send them along because I mean those are still also very good baseball players. They're not obviously they're not the one percent of the one percent, no disrespect to them, but you're still sending kind of your your best pieces that you have available. And so so I think that'll there'll be some sort of a compromise, you know, with that as far as it goes. But everything else I fe- honestly I feel like is a reasonable kind of proposal to make that work because at the end of the day they want to highlight baseball and grow it. And obviously that's why you you know you have a show hey on a pedestal, right? So why not go out there and do that? Cuz if Japan's going to participate and they're going to send their best guys, why wouldn't why wouldn't the American leagues participate in that as well, right? That's just my thinking.
1: Uh a couple of comments here. Uh, Roy Estrada, maybe we send the Rockies so they have a chance to win something. I would be down. I would be down with sending the Rockies to play in the Olympics. Uh Michael Negrete, uh my, Michael Negrete, I think you're going to win the Danny Duffy award today and that is Vince McMahon is hanging out with Danny Duffy never to be seen again. Well done. Uh well done. Uh Akira Sano, Sasaki is willing to join the Dodgers. He he just can't wait three years till he turns 25 years old. His parents pushing him to do the major league more. That's a great preview for our next episode. We have some Roki Sasaki talk on that addressing what Akira is talking about. Baby face. You get the last word on this Olympics. Uh Yay or nay. Are you, do you agree with these proposals?
2: No, I mean, I'd love to see it. I mean, I think it also would help in growing, you know, the WBC, which obviously Cody doesn't think is, exists or anything. I, I think, think
3: it helped. exists. Let's ease it here. <laughs> I it's just man. think the Olympics are bigger. Well, it's it's
2: man. I think, I think, you know, once you, you put the Olympics, I mean the baseball back in the Olympics, you know, it's. Gonna I'm grow. sorry
1: about Toby Keith, Cody, go ahead, baby face. <laughs> it's
2: going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow that international game. Right. And they're going to see the excitement from the Olympics and that can translate over to the WBC in, in years. But also like my thing is, well, who's going to go. Right. I mean, I think, players would have to kind of declare hey i want to play and maybe instead of the regular all-star voting you only put the guys that have said hey i would like to participate or whatever and then you just vote for those guys to get your team to go over but you know yeah but they're not going to shorten the season um but i think i think it's a great idea i think you know it's it's a win-win i think for mlb the olympics and like i said even wbc
0: by the way, Cody, boo, this man is from a movie called Half-Baked from 1998. <laughs> so if you don't recall that, that's where it's from.
1: All right. All I'm going to say is I don't want to see any of you guys at the WBC anymore. All Especially right? because Especially I crazy. don't want to see any of you guys. I never said I hated it. Anymore.
0: Just like how Juan didn't believe Roki Sasaki was real, you don't believe the WBC is real, and I dislike but... that.
1: I, I love mad lad. What did the Rockies do to keep getting cooked again? I I, I think that it's a clear cut winner. The Rockies win the Danny Duffy award on this episode.
0: The real question uh, is what didn't they do? That's that should be the real question.
1: Bro, we should send the
0: Rockies me. to like represent America and the A's to like represent Japan. And let's just see how that goes
1: that that would be awesome i mean i can't wait until brian comes back on the show uh chris frosaker i'm all for the wbc last time i watched the olympics hulk hogan was champion oh boo this man boo this man the puka maniac and that that was the actually chris is right that was the beginning of the scourge that has haunted this country for almost 40 if yeah for 40 years 40 years that
0: was the beginning of the end 40 years ago
1: beginning of the end uh Uh, So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We want to thank you for joining us on the live. As I said, we have a special guest on our next episode where we're going to be talking about Roki Sasaki. It's going to be some international baseball talk. Uh, So, I mean, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, You ha sido su servidor Juan Rabines de parte de mis colegas Canelo and Babyface and Alonso. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
2: on YouTube.